Thanks for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Mark Bohr. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. We magnify you. We're humbled by your presence, Father. We're humbled by your presence. Thank you for working in us mightily tonight. Thank you for working in us. Thank you for working in us. Thank you for working in us. Say it again. Say, I believe the Holy Spirit is at work in me right now. He has priority. He has authority. I give place to His voice, to His plan, to His will for my life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, you guys, it is so important that we do have that attitude towards, towards Him. Amen. And it's never said, it's never said too much or too frequently. Uh, just a reaffirmation in your personal life. Lord, anywhere, anytime, I'll do what you want me to do. And just to keep to maintain that heart of submission to Him, that heart of availability to Him. It doesn't mean that's the end of the subject, because that's the beginning of the subject. That's when you can start hearing. Uh, when, we're, when we're set in our own ways and our own plan, our own what I want, that's usually when we're, at least to some degree, we're cut off from hearing anything that goes crosswise to our plan. And so we don't want to, I mean, we can, it's not unbiblical or ungodly to make plans for your life, to plan for the future. But for the believer, unless, it's, unless you know it's a God plan, you always have a flexibility in there that says, I'm willing at any time to say, you know what, I thought I had this figured out, but... <laughs> You know, I'm bendable, I'm changeable, I'm movable. And the believers ought to be movable. Now, once you know something, it's God, you, then you, I shall not be moved. I'll be like a tree planted in the water. Amen? Uh, but concerning many things in our day-to-day -day lives and, and year-to-year lives even, uh, you know, we think we have it figured out, but uh, sometimes the Lord has a different plan. Amen? And I don't mean by, I don't mean we interpret the plan of God by circumstances, you know, calling everything. Well, God closed that door, so I'm going somewhere else. Be very slow to say that. Just advice. Just do what you want with that. Be very <laughs> slow to say, well, God opened this door and God closed that door. Because sometimes it's not God that opened the door or closed the door. He had nothing to do with the door. And we're, and we're just being led by circumstances. That's not recommended. Be led by the Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you, Lord. You know, the Scripture tells us, uh, over in the book of Romans chapter 11, you may have heard this verse, maybe know this verse quite well, it says, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable or without repentance. Well, that means that they don't change. What are they? The gifts and the callings of God. You can see there's a context. It's talking about Israel. But that statement, that, that principle is true uh, for a nation. It's true for a local church. 
it's true on an individual's life. The gifts of callings, they don't go away. God doesn't change them. It's not, um, well, you know, I see you didn't like that calling. Oh, <laughs> would you like to redraw? <laughs> I, I see you don't really appreciate that gifting I've put in your life. Um, and I see that you'd rather be like someone else. Uh, so we'll go ahead and reshuffle and deal you a new, a new hand. No, no. Uh, the gifts and callings of God, those things are up to him. There are a lot of things in life that are up to us, and the Lord gives us freedom uh, in so many things. But there are some things that are his prerogative, and that is, you know, he puts gifts in us. And there is a calling from God, his calling on us. And some of it's general. It's to be, it's true for all of us as believers. We're all called to the same thing. Uh, we could read a lot of scriptures about that, but then there are other things that are specific to your life, and you may have a gift in one area, and that someone right next to you, they do not have that same gift. And they can, you know, they can try all day long to function in that way and to do that thing, but they just don't have that gift. And what should they, what should they be? They should become satisfied that they're not that, and that they either know what they are, they need to discover, but they are something else. They have other things working in them. That is up to God. I mean, I've seen a number of individuals through my life, and I thought, I wish I could do it like that. I wish I could be that. I wish I could do what they do like the way they do it. And I try to do what they do like the way they do it, and not good. <laughs> you know, but I can be envious. And, and I can just seek after something I'm not, or I can say, you know what, some of these things, Lord, are up to you, and I'm going to honor that. I'm going to respect your calling on them, and I'm going to respect your calling on me. Huh? And we've shared this numerous times over the years, but how many know a person does not stand before God based upon and get credit for or, or you know, taken away from based upon what they did? but rather based upon what they did that they were called to do, all right? It's, in other words, I could work really hard even for God, even trying to do God things, but if I wasn't supposed to do what I'm doing, then I'm not getting rewarded for that. I need to do what I'm supposed to do, huh? Everybody Okay. So there's a, it's really a, a, real, a negative thing for a person to go through their life desiring to be something else, seeking to be something that they're not, trying to be a, a certain gift or, or whatever in life. That, that's in vain. And, and it, doesn't, it, it ultimately won't produce and you won't be rewarded. Well, at least you try. No, it'll be just the opposite. Like, why didn't you just stay with what you were? And life would have been easier too, right? I mean, more fulfilling, uh, things work, and rewarded. I mean, sometimes, of course, in life we look many times at those who, are, uh, who have achieved uh, you know, great success in an area or great fame, and we think uh, you know, that that is equal to who's who in heaven. You know, maybe they're who's who on earth. And uh, how many know who's who in heaven is a whole different list? It really is. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, you know, you think of someone who maybe is a, a successful 
uh, professional athlete, maybe they're a major league baseball player, and they're very well known, and, and maybe they, you know, had an outstanding batting average and all-star and all kinds of stuff, and very highly respected by people on earth and, you know, people who like baseball and, and, and so forth. Does that mean in heaven, if they're, you know, they're a believer, does that mean in heaven they'll be rewarded for how many home runs they hit? Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think there's a... If I'm hitting, I'm going to hit the ball as hard as I can and as far as I can. And I'm not saying anything wrong with commending them and giving them awards and everything that they earn for hitting that ball hard and far. And they get a, you know, sign a contract for as much money as you can get, whatever. That's all fine. That's all good. I'm just saying in heaven's reward system, that's really not it. What would that person, that person playing professional sports... What's there going to be their standing in heaven? Well, it's all going to be about what they did with God, with what God gave them to do. And I don't have any doubt that that uh, the Lord wants his some of his people in Major League Baseball. Most certainly, He does, and so certainly, or whatever in different areas of life. But for that, for example, certainly that can be a God thing. But ultimately, you know. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. What are they doing with that position for the kingdom? In what way is God using them in the midst of, uh, of their career, their life? And I use that, again, to say uh, we sometimes look up to, and, and that's fine to a degree, we look up to people in certain, because they're well known in these areas, and uh, when it comes to our lives, it's not all about what others deem as something important. What did you do with what God gave you to do? You know, Jesus used this language uh, where, where he would say uh, multiple times, many are called, but few are chosen. You ever heard that? Many are called, but few are chosen. You know, this might be some insight for some, but uh, you think about it, the callings of God go out, but it's not quite as frequent that an individual responds appropriately to that calling and does what they need to do to fulfill it. Therefore, there's few that are chosen. Ah, the call went out. A lot of callings, but not a lot of people doing much with the call. Everybody okay? And so few. So I don't really like that. I don't really like the, the fact that wide is the road to destruction and narrow is the path that leads to life. I'm not sure God likes that, but it is, hmm. and, and, and the fact that many would be uh, designed and called and uh, purposed by heaven, from heaven to do certain things and to have an influence in life and to do something that gives the king glory and that, that builds heaven and empties hell, uh, I mean, the fact that that would exist is a big thing. It's a big thing, but... That, that not many would, would fall, follow through on it and actually do something with it. That's concerning. Everybody okay? I just tells you where our focus ought to be. Right? Our focus. Someone said, well, why wouldn't someone who's called, why wouldn't they fulfill it? Why wouldn't they become that want that person that God could really use? Well, sometimes it's hard. That's why. Sometimes there's things you have to give up. Is that okay to talk about that and mention, mention sacrifice? And it's not real American, is it? <laughs> Bless God, we get to do whatever we want to do. I know, but what's God called you to do? 
Certainly you can. I mean, you're saved by grace. He loves you no matter what you do. Huh? But it's like, you know, he loves the, the horse in the wild just as much as he loves that, that trained horse. You know, that can march in, in step and, you know, look real proper. I'm not a horse person really. What? Dressage. Exactly, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Except if I'd have said that without that, I felt, would have felt the need to interpret it. <laughs> but you get the point? I mean, they're both loved, they're, but one is trained. And, and sometimes we don't do everything that God calls us to do and, and fulfill the maximum potential of our lives because it's hard. It takes some work. It takes some discipline. I know, uh, you know, when I was in, in, in Bible school back in the <laughs> late 90s. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was in the late 80s. Um, one of the, what? Last century. Last century. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, one of the statements made in school frequently, well, Pastor Hagen, you guys know him, uh, um, he, would always, he would always make this statement and say, this is how you spell ministry. And it's a four-letter word, W-O-R-K. He <laughs> said, how do you spell ministry? W-O-R-K. And, uh, you know, we'd laugh, yeah, work. <laughs> and how many know the, in, uh, the average person uh, these days thinks pastors work one day a week. <laughs> I don't mean, I mean, you guys know different, but person in the world, they think, yeah, these pastors, they golf all week and come in, preach a little message on Sunday. And, and uh, if they, <laughs> yeah, sign up, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying, that's just an example, my, my calling. But I'm telling you, whatever the Lord has us to do and has you to do, there's usually some involvement there where you're going to give something up, you're going to pray, you're going to pray when you didn't feel like it, you're going to have to resist when you didn't feel like resisting, you're going to have to stand strong, because, I mean, whenever someone goes to do something for God, we talked about that a little bit on Sunday, how when the seed, is, seed of God's Word is planted in a person's heart, the enemy wants to get it out. And so he'll come immediately to get it out. If that doesn't work, then he comes against you with, with persecutions and, and so forth. Right? Try to give you to get up, give up the word. Well, uh, whenever a person commits their life fully to serve the Lord, you know, I don't think we should be surprised that there's opposition or challenges. But the person who is the chosen, the person who fulfills that call and is, is, becomes useful to God, they most certainly have dealt with things in life and they felt like giving up. They wanted to quit. They wanted to throw in the towel. And uh, I, I don't know, have you ever felt that way? <laughs> but the person who goes on to, to live a, a, a fulfilling and God-glorifying and kingdom-useful life they resist those thoughts. They do. And I don't mean that, that, that one chance and you're out. I mean, we've all blown it. But I mean, at some point, they say, you know what? Bless God, I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do. Come, what? Come hell or high water? 
I'm going to do what God calls me to do. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to be in church when I don't want to go to church. I'm going to witness to people when I don't feel like it. I'm going to give when I'd rather spend the money somewhere else. I'm, I'm going to love when, when someone's mean to me. I'm just going to, I'm going to be, what's that? Dressage. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when your muscles are all tight and you need a dressage. <laughs> Amen. Anybody have a Bible? Let me show you a verse. You, you, you might be familiar with this. Second Corinthians, no. Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Let, let's read over here in verse 16. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. You know, the writer of, of the, both of the Corinthian books that we have is Paul, Paul the Apostle writing to these believers. Verse 16, he writes, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Okay, what what does that mean, your outward man is perishing? It just means look in the mirror and you're getting older. Okay, that doesn't mean you don't have any faith. Well, if you have strong faith, you'll just, no. (laughs) That's a part of the human condition. In a fallen world, wasn't planned. Wasn't God's plan to begin with? But if you slow down as you age, that doesn't mean you don't have a good relationship with God or you don't have any faith. That means the outward man is perishing. <laughs> he said, "Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day." That just means spiritually we never get old. Isn't that good? Spiritually we never get old. Being renewed day by day. Verse seventeen: For our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, when you, when you see light affliction, um, maybe you can relate to that, a light affliction. Oftentimes, we, we tend to think whatever affliction we deal with is heavy, okay? Sometimes it helps to be in the mind of the person writing light affliction. And if you were to read in, in, even further in this letter and read over in the uh, 11th chapter and the 12th chapter, uh, you read about Paul and his light affliction was called um, beatings, being stoned, <laughs> being whipped, uh, shipwrecks, being hungry, being out. I mean, he, was, he went through uh, so much and it was persecution, all right? It wasn't that he didn't know his redemptive rights and couldn't get his healing. It wasn't about that. It was about he was doing something for God and the enemy was coming at him full steam ahead, and people were be demonically inspired to attack him, and they beat him to a pulp, and left stoned and left him for dead. Many scholars believe that he was dead that time when he when he was stoned, and the believers raised him back up. Uh, maybe that's when he went to heaven. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I mean, think about it. We talk about the calling of God, and this might seem kind of heavy, like oh, I got to do whatever God calls me to do. I'm thankful I didn't start out. Uh, the way he did in this regard. He got called and the Lord said, I'm going to show you what great things you must suffer for my name. (laughs) Welcome to the ministry. 
would you like to sign up for Bible college? Uh, God has a plan for your life. What is it? He's going to show you what great things you're going to suffer for his name. <laughs> now, now, you know, he did. And so if ever we think, man, it's hard, let's just put it in perspective. And don't get me wrong, I know I can relate to times I've had those same thoughts, like, oh, hard, man, this is a difficult situation. I, what, you know, I can relate to that, but if I put it in perspective, easy. Because Paul is calling his own life. He's speaking about his own experience and saying, it's a light affliction. It's light. It's no big deal. How in the world do you do that? Because I think if he did that and it kept him in the game, if he counted all this heavy stuff, at least from our perspective, as light, and that, was, that enabled him to fulfill the call of God on his life. And he did, by the way. He finished his course. We read later. He finished his course. He ran his race. He was ready to go. Uh, and so he did it. I need to learn from that. How did he do it? Here's how. He compared it to the eternal weight of glory. He saw, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's the junk I'm going through. Here's the persecution. Here's, the, here's all this stuff coming against me. But when I look at that, you know, when I look at that and compare it to glory, this is nothing. This is, this is easy. I can handle this. And I'm telling you, that makes the difference for us too. You ever deal with something hard? Man, why do I have to deal with this? Look at glory. Give me, Father, give me a revelation of your glorious kingdom and your presence forever and the reward I will get for being faithful to the calling upon my life, doing what you want me to do. Come on. And when we see that, we can handle it. I tell you when we can't handle it. I tell you when we throw in the towel and give up and, and, and stop assanging. And, and, and I, it's when we lose sight of glory. We lose sight of eternity, of heaven's reward, of his presence and his power. And that we lose sight of that, and all we see is this. All we see is our two feet around us in this difficult situation. Man, it's going to be hard. I tell you, that's, that's a difficult way to, to do it. He goes on to say, uh, verse 18, For while we do not look at the things which are seen... But at the things which are not seen. How do you look at something not seen? That's a good question, but that is the solution. That is how we make it. That is how we stay in the game. Uh, that is how we don't throw in the towel. We have to look at things we can't see. We must. Amen. Amen. Well, and what is that? Of course, eternal weight of glory. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are, what's that? Temporary. <laughs> we, that's a, that's so, so powerful. Temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If we can get that down. Temporary, eternal. Temporary, short, brief. Man, I can stick this out. Man, I can, keep, I can keep in this. I can keep going. I can deal with this. Why? Because look. Amen. 
And that's the word, if you look over at Hebrews, that's, the, that's a similar word to how Jesus did what he was called to do. And his, his calling, of course, was pretty important and pretty serious in this regard. He knew his whole life, or at some point as a child, whenever he began to understand, uh, knew who he was, um, his whole life he knows what's coming yikes and what is coming the cross the weight of the sin of the world the curse of humanity all, everything being put on you and then you're going to the belly of the earth for three days and three three nights and i mean think about that that's coming it's coming <laughs> yikes how did he do it uh well, verse 2, 12, Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How did he endure the cross? Real simple. He had his eyes on something else. He was seeing what's coming next, what's coming after this. I know this is not going to be fun. I know this is not going to feel, feel good. This is going to be the most difficult thing anyone has ever faced in all of, in all of history, but something's coming after it. Something is coming after it. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Can I encourage you? Whatever you need to do that is the will of God, it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it. Whatever you need to do. Whatever you need to do. To fulfill the will of God for your life is totally worth it. And if we don't do it, I guarantee you, at some point in the very near future, we're going to wish we had. Amen. Totally wish we had. And, and listen, I can't fully explain this, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be in heaven. Just, you know, obviously we're all going to be very thankful that we're there and thankful for the love of God. But I don't want to be there saying, I wish I would have gone all in. I mean, I had that little window. I had that little tiny speck of a window. Now I'm in eternity. I had a speck of a window to serve God, to give Him my all. But I had to have that material thing, that knew this. I, I had to spend my time doing this. or I, You know, and all the things that we do. And I just had to do that. And I wasted that little sliver of a, of a time. It could have been so much more meaningful. That's going to happen to a whole bunch of people. And I don't mean there's punishment in heaven. No, Jesus bore our punishment. Thank God we're forgiven, we're loved. But, you know, there's a time when we can uh, stand before the Lord. And uh, we're going to give an account, aren't we? Yeah. Amen. So Paul saw everything in this life as temporary. Jesus saw what, he, what was before him. He looked past it. Look to the joy. Amen. Look over at, uh, everybody okay? Um, Matthew chapter 14. Might wonder how this, this fits. It does though. Watch. And if it doesn't, I'm going to throw in some French word and say that that's what this means. Uh, Matthew 14, verse 22. Uh, 
Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent, his, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. All right? It's easier to read this than probably be there, you know. I mean, if we could have a video of this, be more uh, serious than probably what we're getting. But uh, it went was contrary. Verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord... If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Good stuff happening. Verse 30, but. You know there's a problem when you got a but. But when he saw. We're talking about seeing things, right? Seeing what? We're seeing what's invisible as opposed to seeing the visible. And when he saw the wind, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? Well, why did he doubt? Simply because he saw the wind boisterous. But ask yourself a question. We look at this logically. What in the world does wind have to do with walking on water? Is it easier to walk on the water when the wind is not blowing as opposed to when the wind is blowing? I mean, what's your guys' experience? No wind. Way easier, isn't it? Or how many would say, uh, that's irrelevant. (laughs) Gravity is in force. Wind or no wind, and so the wind doesn't directly have anything to do with this, but what did he do? Obviously, got his eyes off Jesus, got his eyes off that command that said, come, and he started thinking about the natural realm, which says, when you're on top of a sea, you go down. That's normal. Huh? But again... What, what happened to him and what stopped the power of God from sustaining him and enabling him to fulfill that word from Jesus that said, come, was he stopped, he was unable to fulfill that calling, if you will, because he looked at all the stuff around him. He got his eyes on the physical world. The same thing happens to us. We get the call of God and his... And again, that's up to him, his prerogative, his choice. We honor it, we respect it, and we've got to step out of the boat to fulfill it. But once we step out of the boat, God will sustain us, he will lift us, he will enable us to do it. But that doesn't mean that's the end of the story, because we've got to keep our eyes on the prize. We've got to keep our focus on, the Lord told me to do this, so I'm going to keep going. And and then the thought thought comes, but it's windy out here. (laughs) But there's waves, but... I'm going to keep, but, but the Lord told me to do this so I can do it. If you ever need to use that, well, feel free. 
Meaning, yeah, but this is the will of God. But the Lord told me to do this, so I can do this. But the Lord told me to do this, so I can do this. But the Lord told me to do this, so I will do this. But the Lord instructed me, so this is His will, this is His plan, this is His power. He sustains me, He enables me, He finances me, He equips me, huh? He encourages me, He helps me. This is the Lord's will, this is the Lord's plan, so I can do it. And if you have to keep your mouth going for, you know, a while, you keep it going. Why? Because your, your mind, you have to force your mind away from the waves sometimes. You have to force it from focusing on, on things that say, you can't do this, man. What are you doing out here walking on the water? Who do you think you are, Jesus? <laughs> no, but the Lord said come. Or the Lord said go. Or the Lord said say. Or the Lord said act. The Lord said serve. The Lord said give. The Lord said, what did the Lord say? And what the Lord said, I've got to keep my mind on that. And whatever the Lord says do, I can do. Whatever the Lord says do, I'm supposed to do. Whatever the Lord says do, I'm called to do. I'm designed to do. I was made for this. Huh? This is my purpose in life. This is what I'm going to fulfill. Whatever the Lord said do, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Anything else I do is in vain. Anything else I do, I'll probably fall short anyway. But I know if I've got a word from heaven, if I've got a word from the Lord, I can do this. I will do this. And He will sustain me. And He will guide my life. He will finance me. He, Huh? And you keep it going until you're satisfied, until you're, you're settled again. And all you can see is what no one else can see. All you can see is the invisible. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Any affliction? Ah, that's minuscule compared to what I see. What? Ah, oh, but look at that. Light affliction, and it's but for a moment. It's temporary, but I'm looking towards something that is eternal. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I believe the Lord wants us to, to, to keep this perspective. And I, I know this sometimes, uh, again, the, the Lord does add and increase uh, giftings. But it seems like the, it seems like the, the giftings that are added and increased to people are either a part of the Lord's plan to begin with or, and or they manifest when someone is faithful to the previous thing. And, 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 so, and sometimes individuals would even come to a place where they say, but yeah, this all sounds right and good and I'm totally open to anything the Lord wants me to do. I just don't know what He wants me to do. Uh, and I get that, and, 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 and if, if anyone thinks that way, don't, don't beat yourself up over that, but, but here's one thing we do want to do, is we want to be faithful with what we know. Faithful, with, even if what you know is small or seems small in your mind, even if, you're, if it seems like, oh, this is not a real important, is this really even a calling? If it doesn't matter, you don't have to label it a calling or whatever. Just if you know to do something, that this is right before God. He wants me to do this. Whatever, you do that faithfully. And you do that confidently, knowing that He's with you, that He's in you, that, he's, that it really does make a difference. Then as you go, the Lord reveals more. He'll reveal to you, and sometimes even increase your ability increase your effect, increase what you're, uh, what you're, what you're able to do. Amen. I mean, I could use it in the, I could use it in the, in the context of, of, of spiritual gifts, for example. 
someone, someone might say, well, I'd sure like to have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, you know, revelations by the Spirit, things past, things future. I'd like to have, or discerning of spirits, uh, when you see into the spirit realm, uh, that kind of, or, or, or different gifts. I'd sure like to have those gifts operating in my life. And they can operate, by the way, in anyone's life. If you have the Holy Spirit, been filled with the Spirit, there's the potential of all the gifts. Uh, they can, they have the potential for them to manifest in your life. But uh, sometimes, here, here's my point. I want this gift. I think it'd be great to be used in this gift. But we're not doing anything sometimes with what we already have. What do you mean? Well, if you've received power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you, then you're a witness. Then you're a witness. Well, I mean, you might not like this. It might be outside of your comfort zone, but we are talking about that. When's the last time you shared Jesus with someone? Well, I want to be used in this, this, and this. Why don't you just go share Jesus with a few people and see where it goes? Just a thought. Well, I want to be using this gift and this gift. When's the last, when's the last time you were at a prayer meeting? Good. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, I'm more of a teaching person. I, I really like the word. <laughs> well, the Lord has called us all to pray. He has. Well, I just want to be using this. I want more. Well, pray. Amen. I'm telling you, uh, the professional baseball player needs to pray. His name will mean more in heaven if he prays than if he hits 500 home runs. Nothing wrong with the 500 home runs. I respect that personally. But I'm telling you in the kingdom of God, what about your prayer life? What about your witness? What about your example? What about your giving? What about, what about these things? See, they carry more weight in heaven. They carry more weight in eternity. Huh? Here's your life. Light affliction. It's worth anything we can do to fulfill God's plan. Not don't be, we're not just be reckless. I'm going to go out and do everything. No, I'm going to, I'm going to contemplate. I'm going to pray. I'm going to hear from God. As soon as I know, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let anything rock me out of that place. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 But I don't know about you. I want to go higher. I want our church to go higher. I want our church to do. I want to be. I want our church to be mightily used of God in these last days. I mean, we're living in the time right before the Lord comes back. We're going to be able to say that forever, for eternity. You know, when we were alive, we'll be talking to people who are like, you know, from thousands of years ago. You know, when I was there, right before the Lord came back, and I think, I think probably a bunch of us, we're going to meet him in the air. Huh? I don't know, maybe there's like gazillions of people that are going to be asking us in the, sometime in the future, say, what did that feel like when your body instantly changed in a second, in the twink living an eye, you know, just like that, and all of a sudden you went green lantern on everybody, you know, <laughs> just like that, and you got a glorified body, and then you started going up, well, what did that feel like? Well, I don't know yet, but I think I might be able to tell that story here soon. This is our time. Amen. How would I get off on that? (laughs) 
Amen. We live in a good time. Let's just get, let's give him our all. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our service tonight. Thank you for helping individuals with their calling. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.